On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Casey Dworkin from Silva, New York. We actually had a very interesting conversation, and this is a new sort of bonus episode uh, where we actually do some consulting. So we go through her account, and we uh, performed our mini growth plan that we do at Mindful Marketing. And uh, we went through um, everything that can be uh, improved um, in, you know, within about 40 minutes. Uh, I think that there was a ton of value uh, throughout it. And um, kind of no matter what stage of business that you're in, I highly, highly recommend that you listen to this episode. Um, get out a pen and paper um, and listen to, you know, what's working um, for her and what's not working. And um, think about how that could potentially be impacting your brand uh, today. So I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this one. Really excited about this new format. We want to hear feedback on this one um, as well. And uh, yeah, you guys are going to love it. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I'm live here with Casey Dworkin. Uh, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. It's so nice to have you. We're going to be doing a bit of a different format today. Casey is from Sylvan, New York. Um, super excited to have you, but it is going to be a bit of a different format. Uh, we're going to be actually doing some live consulting today. Um, so get ready for that. We're going to be uh, going through um, her ad account um, and a bunch of things that, um, that we think uh, can be improved. Um, and some things that uh, she's already doing uh, incredibly. So before we get going, Casey, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Casey. I run Sylvan New York, which is a women's luxury footwear brand. Um, and I specialize in sustainable shoes. So I make vegan and leather versions of some of the most like sustainably innovative materials on the market. And they're all made in Italy with the same artisan heritage craftsmanship as some of the best shoe brands in the world. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. Can you give me a little, uh, just a little bit of background, like how you got started, where the idea came from, like where, where this passion is. Totally. I like, I'm, you know, one of those girls who grew up very into shoes. Um, yeah. it was kind of one of those forms of expression that I started to see myself in. I've always been very creative. Um, but at some young age, I was like, I want to be a shoe designer. Um, and cool. so my entire professional career has been in the footwear industry um, and then kind of tangentially, I happened to be born on Earth Day. So oh. having a sustainable business was always something that was in the cards for me and trying to figure out kind of how to coexist with nature and how to take, you know, a, a luxury brand or, you know, a fashion brand, but infuse mission and value without losing any of the aesthetic was something that I always wanted to do. So when I, uh, you know, I'd worked in the industry and worked for a couple of other brands, none of which had a sustainable focus. Yeah. When I launched my own line, it was like, okay, you know, What's the bucket list of like all of the things that I wish I could see in a brand? Um, and so that's what I started to design and build out and ultimately how Sylvan has uh, become what it is today. 
Amazing, amazing. And how long was that whole process? Like, I imagine that was a lot of R&D and like, like getting to the point where you are right now, get bringing yeah. the product to market. Yeah. I imagine that that was like a, a chunk of time. It's, well, so when I first launched, I came up with the idea over, you know, about a year's time. Okay. My original collection, I think I was able to get produced in about five to six months, which is a pretty short time frame in the, in the for, general. For shoes? For footwear, yeah. Footwear yeah. can take... Okay. Um, footwear's got one of the longer lead times in terms of fashion products. Totally. Um, one, of, one of my best friends owns a shoe company. and Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, sure you hear all about the, oh, the yeah. trials and tribulations. Um, yeah. But so that was 2017. Oh, okay. And now here we are in 2020. And kind of the iteration that my company exists in now, I started R&D for probably May of last year. So it's kind of been perpetual. Um, and that's the thing too about working with such new materials. Often the things that I'm throwing at my factories, they've never seen or worked with before. Oh yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, a super fun, but you know, also huge challenge of what I do. Um, and so sometimes like, you know, it really depends on the style and the material that I'm working with, but it's sort of an ongoing thing of like sourcing something new, learning how to work with it, learning, you know, the, what does and doesn't work. Um, yeah, of so, course. Yeah, yeah, I guess on perpetual sometimes it's short sometimes it's long um but you know it's it's kind of a a forever thing totally totally well i mean as you know you've, you've listened to this podcast before the the whole goal of this is to scale up um help businesses scale up scale up marketing and so i think that this uh what we've developed this framework that we've developed um we hope is really helpful for people we've we've gone through this framework a lot with people but never on the podcast before so uh so i'm really really excited so i'm actually going to share my screen now awesome I'm super excited. I just also want to share that I'm not a marketer by trade. I'm a creative. Um, so I'm excited to learn. I love like, obviously the marketing side of things gets me excited. Um, yeah. but just a disclaimer. I'm a, not a <laughs> professional marketer. I have one and he knows way more than I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you your, um, your creative is great. Uh, on the, especially on the website, like the website looks, looks wonderful. What we're going to really delve into today is, um, is the paid ads portion um, of, of your business. And then we'll see if, uh, hopefully this helps other people as we go through your um, sort of case story here. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is our, uh, so this is called the e-commerce growth plan mini, right? Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about, um, about what we're trying to accomplish um, uh, throughout this. So essentially what, what we've done is we've gone through and we've um, sort of picked apart your Facebook ads account, um, but we've also given a route um, for you to move forward, right? With all this information. It's not just all about like, you know, banging you on the head um, where there is actually a route forward after this. Um, so basically what, what this plan covers, so the mini sort of um, plan here, um, covers basic Facebook ads account score. Uh, it talks about like a high level ads execution plan. And then it also talks about KPIs and then key opportunities from here. Um, so the full plan, um, just for everybody who's listening to the podcast as well, um, we, this, this is sort of the way that we do this is we first start with a mini growth plan um, with people when they come to us. Then we go to a full growth plan. So a full growth plan um, has Facebook ads expanded insights. Um, we also do a Google ads health check at that point. We do a Facebook ads creative audit. Um, so we've got a whole process built around that. And we've spent, I don't even know how many hours creating that process. Like it must be like a hundred hours or something. We've cr created that process. 
um, cross-platform opportunities, um, some innovative multi-platform tactics. We get into list building, we get into community, community building, and then we get into automated uh, purchaser re-engagement. Um, so that's what, when we actually get into like a full growth plan. Unfortunately, that we could not do on a podcast. <laughs> it would just be a little bit too much. Um, so do you have any questions so far? I feel like we'll probably answer. There's certain things that you mentioned that like are terms I've actually never even heard of before. So in terms mm -hmm. of you know, like real beginner on this side, actually, will you scroll up for a sec? Yeah. Um, all right. This building, maybe it's just the, the automated purchaser re-engagement. Yes. Yes. So that's, yeah. So, so that's, that's a sort of a tactic uh, or a strategy um, that we like to use. Um, to actually re-engage people who have purchased and move them farther and farther down the funnel to the point where they actually become um, advocates of your brand. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, if you have questions throughout uh, any of this, I'm sure so, so do our audience. Um, so whatever sort of questions you want to ask, I think would be really helpful for, for our audience as well. Um, so here's the score. Uh, optimized in the account is 40%. Needs work is about 60% um, of this year. Obviously, that's not an exact science. Um, <laughs> it's just based on the sort of the score that we give. And we're actually going to get into each specific area um, of this. And we'll talk about how we can move forward from here. Very cool. All right. So number one is the funnel. So in the full growth plan, we actually get into, I believe it's about seven points. Um, this, we're just going to go through sort of our top three points. So the first thing that we always uh, talk about, and if you guys have been listening to this podcast for any time, you guys know um, we're all about the funnel. Um, it's really, really important um, to us, and it's super important to your ads. And that's why we're able to get return on ad spends um, of upwards of, I, I mean, th there's some crazy numbers we've been seeing lately, like... <laughs> One account, we have a hundred return on ad spend. Uh, not possible, just so everybody knows, never gonna happen again. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's talk about, does your funnel include interest-based targeting? Super, super important. What I see a lot of times is people with low amounts of data will try lookalike audiences first, but if you don't have enough data to feed Facebook, start with the interest-based targeting. And that's something that you have been doing within the funnel, yeah, which is great. Um, does your funnel include relevant ads? So here's, here's one thing and uh, I'll get into a little bit. What I mean by relevant ads is relevant to the stage of the funnel that they're in, right? So having different messaging for top, middle and bottom of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, re it's really important that we actually switch up, um, all of that copy for each, um, uh, you know, uh, stage of the funnel, um, especially for you with a product um, that costs in that mid $200 range. Um, there okay. needs, there needs to be messaging from here and from there. And they need to, they need to see your brand. I imagine for a product um, that costs as much as yours does, they need to see your brand about 20 times before they're going to make, before they're going to feel comfortable making a purchase. Um, so, uh, you know, seeing review ads, seeing different angles of the product, seeing all of these different things coming back to your website. Um, it'd be really interesting if we, uh, you know, in the future get access to your website and see how many touches it actually takes before somebody becomes a customer. I imagine it's probably about 20. So when you say 20, what does that span? Is that like any amount of times that somebody interacts with the brand? Is that an email? Is that 
you know, yeah. receiving a Facebook ad, it's a Google ad, it's, it's literally any type of touch point. Yeah. It'd be yeah, SMS, a VIP group, it'd be all of these things that are going to push somebody eventually um, to a, a purchase. So on the, on the marketing side, um, there are some brands out there um, in the B2B space, the business to business space, who their frequency, so frequency being the amount of times one person sees a particular um, brand's ads, uh, their frequency will be like 50, right? Because it's massive purchases. You're making like $2,000 purchases. Yeah. So your frequency needs to be super, super high because people don't trust immediately, right? It's just not that that day and age anymore. Yeah. Um, for, for our particular brand, um, uh, little and lively for our um, Facebook ads uh, audience. Anyone who's in our warm audience, their frequency is about 20. Um, and that's and our, across different ads or like that's, a, that's cross platform. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that is not one specific ad. That's one thing that everyone needs to note. That is not one specific ad. That is bad practice, right? There needs to be like different, uh, a bunch of different kinds of messaging, different ad types, um, all, all of this. Um, does your funnel include a relevant offer? Um, it looks like you do have a relevant offer though. I'd like to, you know, if I really got into this account, I'd probably create a few different types of offers, um, to get, to get people, um, into this and to make it as easy as possible to purchase the shoes. What, um, would, what would you recommend in that case? Like different types, like a dollar amount versus a percentage or like specifically, what are you thinking? So specifically what, what I would do is implement, uh, yeah, and you know what, sorry for everybody out there. I'm obviously you can tell I'm an amazing researcher. Um, uh, do you have a pay as you go plan or yeah. pay, buy now, pay yeah. later? And yeah, I, use so, that, I use that in a lot of our, our Facebook targeting messaging as okay. well. We awesome. found that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I imagine that that's good copy because again, you're just making it as frictionless as possible for people mm -hmm. to purchase. Um, I would go with all of the sort of language um, around um, making the purchase um, as easy as possible for people so that they can, um, you know, free returns and exchanges, um, all of that being part of the offer. Um, but then having like different types of, of offer throughout the funnel as well, right? Um, so we can get into that a little bit more, um, maybe offline, um, just because uh, there, there's a lot to go through here, so... Ah, great question so far. I hope I hope everybody's enjoying this this new format here. This is going to be like a bonus sort of format that we're going to do, um, so you guys can sort of see what it looks like um, and and the sort of advice that we really like to give when we get into an account. Oh, and I usually always preface these by saying, "Don't worry, I really like you," and but I might rip this account apart. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. You know, you have to separate yourself. But every person's like, like I, I don't, like I don't dangerous, care. It's a dangerous okay. preface there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's noted. Bring it on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, this is this is pretty uh, this is pretty good. I can see some definite areas. Like when we went through this account, I can see some definite areas where I think that um, that you can really change the the business can be changed for for the better uh, in a huge sort of way. So. Um, so I lost, oh, never mind. I lost your screen share. Okay. I got it back. Okay, good. All right. Uh, so have you, uh, we're going to talk about, um, the offer now. So have you clarified what's unique about the products, right? So awesome. You've done the made sustainably in Italy, um, is used, uh, frequently and then sustainable luxury footwear. Love those two. Thank you. Um, I would almost, almost think about, um, somewhere within the funnel, it'd be great to create some sort of word video. Um, to be able to talk about all of this. 
um, so that people really get it, right? Because so, sometimes people, you know, as they're scrolling, they might look through and be like, oh, sustainable luxury footwear, who cares? Yeah. Right? Until they really get it. And they're like, oh, okay. I didn't know that the average shoe made in Italy takes a whole cow to make or I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's interesting <laughs> that you bring that up because like so much of my messaging is very information dense. And so figuring out how to consolidate specific key points for specific audiences is something we're like constantly iterating. Yes, yes, totally. Um, have you clarified who this product helps? Uh, so we didn't really see that. So that's something that's, that's super, um, super important. So creating a list of all the attributes of the person who, the, who would benefit from this product, right? Um, and then clarifying in your ad copy and in your videos and all throughout that, um, who exactly um, this helps, right? It's just basically that it's women, right? Um, but, you, but it's a very specific subset of women, right? Totally. They're going to spend that much on, on a pair of shoes online. Um, and so I think getting into their head a little bit more would be really helpful. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so have you clarified how this product helps them? Uh, it, it doesn't look like we've quite gotten to that point yet, right? Where okay. we're talking about how it actually helps them. Um, when, when we get into a full growth one and two, we talk all about, because we've got a whole framework for all of this, right? Where we talk about how it improves an average day, how, which I can only imagine, right? Like I, I know for me, I'm pretty vain and clothing makes a, a massive difference. So I can only imagine, you know, fashionistas in New York or, or all around, you know, the United States and Canada um, and how this could actually help them have a better day and a better experience and feel like a million bucks. Because I, I think that's really what this, what, what you're selling, right? You're selling um, a little bit of status along with this it's too. Like status, status that comes with consciousness too. Exactly, exactly. What you're selling is, uh, is what Prius did, right? Yeah. Um, Prius made their cars look different, right? So that everybody knew that you were an environmentalist. Yeah, I guess right? Tesla is sort of the new uh, iteration of that. Totally. Except Tesla is just like way sexier, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> so you're telling me that I'm a Prius and not a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's just more that Tesla didn't, um, didn't consciously make a car that looked like an electric car. Right. Prius consciously made a car that looked like a new car. No one had ever seen before that looked like a hybrid. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas, whereas Tesla's is, and I'm not saying that, that your product design at all should you know, like show off some different sort of style that isn't really in, but everybody knows when they see a Prius what it is, right? right? I mean, similar with the Tesla, but, but it, it was the first iteration of that. Anyway, I'm totally digressing here on <laughs> Prius, Tesla. And... I follow though. <laughs> uh, okay, the ad copy, let's talk about the ad copy. I'm gonna try not to clap. All right, um, <laughs> does the ad copy call, call the audience out? Um, so in this case, not too often. So if you know exactly who your buyer is, um, and at this point, I think you do know who your buyer is, right. um, make sure to call them out specifically in the ad copy, right? What so using you that? what's that? What would be an example of that? What do you mean calling something out? Yeah. So like a really cheesy example that I love to use here is like for baby clothing, right? Like, like, uh, Hey mamas, you know, like just like really simple like that. Like, um, uh, I'm, I'm part of a new startup um, in our area and our area is called the Fraser Valley, right? So uh, we just start every ad attention um, people in the Fraser Valley, hmm. right? Super simple, 
uh, these ads are running at a 15 return on ad spend. Wow. So, so like, it's dumb. It, it's like, it's this so, you know, like, these are like the little nuances that are, are important to learn about. Totally, totally. And that's why, like, especially being at an agency with tons of clients, we know what works in, especially within this specific industry, like, um, and I mean, not shoes in specific, but like lifestyle, um, higher end sort of products. There are certain ways to sell them, right? That's to get, to get people over to, to the website. Um, and so that's why I was so excited to do this, like this, this interview. And, and if you guys, uh, just for uh, our audience out there, if you guys find value in this, please let me know uh, and let us know um, on the website or send it an email um, because we want to do more of these. But if you guys aren't finding it helpful, then we won't um, do more of these uh, live. But um, yeah, just letting you guys know. All right. Um, does the ad copy identify a pain point? Um, so that's something we didn't see necessarily within all of the ad copy. Um, pain really sells. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something um, that really sells. So if, you, if you're finding yourself that you can sell without pain, um, at this point, I'm not seeing that, right? Then go to pain, right? Go to what their issues are. Make a whole list of, of what your problem, what your product actually solves and the pain points um, that it could be associated with. It is a little bit harder just so everyone's aware um, within the fashion space. It's harder because yeah. there's it's not- It's hard in the luxury thing. space too. That's the, that's the thing that like at the end of the day too, it's like, you know, you've got to boil down to how do you do this in the most elevated way? Because yes. when you're selling some, you know, some of my boots are five, $600. Oh, totally. So, totally. Yeah. And making you, sure that the messaging is on brand, but still does all of these different things is uh, it's, it's a nuanced, um, new and nuanced thing to do. Oh, I, in, I'm totally with you. Like that's, and that's one thing to, especially um, as we work with clients, respecting the brand is super, super important. I, I had a conversation actually a couple days ago and you guys will hear this on the podcast at some point. Um, with the CMO at Movement Watches. And we were talking about, and they're a company that's grown to like, I think I was researching, they're like a $100 million a year company now or something, just massive company. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. And he was talking about how it doesn't matter at the beginning, it's performance, right? It's all about performance and it's actually getting people to buy your product right? Whatever way you can, you need to get people to buy your product. And then you start list building. And then you start all of the other things that we do in digital marketing. And then you start investing more heavily in that brand, right? Because your brand alone is not going to sell. Um, it's that it, like, especially online. So focusing on performance first, while having and and for you, you've got a great brand, right? You've got a good brand already there but really focusing on the actual performance aspect of things um, is super, super important, um, especially at early stages Absolutely. or earlier sort of stages. Um, does the ad copy offer a solution? Um, the one solution that is offered is that you provide sustainable luxury products, right? Um, I think that there is probably some more, uh, and, and maybe after this call, we can get into this, some more sort of pain 
and solution um, sort of based copy that we could look at. Uh, okay, let's talk about the ad creative. Um, so are you testing both images and videos when running campaigns? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was like, is this rhetorical? <laughs> it's all written there. Great. Like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done our homework. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So with, so that's great. That alone is already a first really great step. Um, what what we like to do, um, I, actually, you know, I'm going to get into to, to the, the first three points that I'm going to sort of talk about as, as an agency, what we like to do. So do you test short videos versus long videos? We're not seeing that. We're sort of seeing it's mostly just short videos. Yeah. Um, long videos at times can, can be incredibly powerful, especially if you're using a cross-platform cross approach where you're using Google uh, and YouTube as well. Um, having some of those longer kind of videos can really endear people to your brand. Um, so that's definitely something, you know, in my recommendations is like, let's get a cross-platform strategy, right? Where, where you're hitting people everywhere that they are. Um, maybe doing some research and seeing like, hey, are these people on Snapchat as well, maybe? Like, because everywhere that we can hit them, yeah. we want to hit them. Um, because like I said before, people need to see your creative and they need to see your brand at least 20 times. Um, do your videos um, uh, have, with, with speaking, contain subtitles? Um, it looks like uh, they don't, um, but it greatly improves the engagement with your ads when you have subtitles on those. Yeah. Um, that may be a branding thing too. Like for, for those of you out there who are like, I would never have subtitles. That's okay. It's also I an accessibility thing. It's, we don't currently have any videos that have any, um, speaking, so we don't have subtitles, okay. but, but also in terms of accessibility and making sure that anybody who is, you know, visually impaired can't watch the video. It's a, just a good, good practice in general. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. So what I was going to talk about with, um, with, with ad creative. So what we do is we actually have, um, um, some sort of unique software to our agency where we actually plug all of your previous ads in and we look at what creative is driving the highest return on ad spend over the account, which, uh, which is really amazing, right? So you can actually look and see like, okay, well, it looks like short videos are the best. So if you have a lot to test, we can actually go in and look and be like, oh, this image is killing it. Oh, and this copy is killing it. Well, hey, let's see if we can combine these two, if this sort of makes sense and we can make this like Goliath ad or we can make eight of these different Goliath ads together um, and, and go from there, especially if, if the return on ad spend is not where it needs to be, um, which in this account right now it's not, right? And that's why we're, why we're having this discussion. So exactly. um, any questions when it comes to the ad creative? Um, I have a question about um, testing multiple creative types. Yes. So like, let's say you're running one ad to the middle of funnel but you want to, you know, have a couple different iterations right now, what we've been doing is keeping everything the same type of format so that, you know, if we're in middle of funnel, it's all short video or it's all still images as opposed to like testing one short video, one image and, you know, one long form video. Is that like a best practice that you found? No, I would, I would always within each ad set yeah. um, have at least three different types of, of ads or three okay. different types of creative. Um, I think that's really important um, throughout those because some people may not, um, they just hate watching videos, right? They'll just skip through your videos the whole time. So you could never, with that whole subset of people, you could never get them into the next set of the, uh, the next step of the funnel because they hate videos. Right. Right. So that's why we like to have, or they just don't resonate with videos or they're not on sto uh, Instagram stories or whatever. Right. So being able to hit people with different types of creative, I think is really important in every step of the funnel. Very cool. Yeah. Good question. 
Good question. I hope you guys are finding a lot of value out of this because uh, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> so I want to do it again. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, okay, so let's talk about targeting. So are you segmenting audiences by traffic? And you guys are doing a great job of that, right? Um, you've got your top, bottom, and middle of the funnel. Um, so that's great. Um, for us, we actually separate it even uh, more granular than that. Um, we'll have... Uh, we'll have all sorts of audiences. I'm not going to get into to that exactly right now. Um, but uh, we go well beyond the three um, steps of the funnel because I think that there's a lot more interaction within there. Yeah. Um, are you keeping warm audiences and cold audiences separate? Um, so it looks like there's some re-engagement audiences in the same yeah. campaigns as cold audiences. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so make, making sure to exclude those is really important. Um, I think what that probably is, is that you have one ad set within a campaign. Um, mm. uh, still I, I, splitting those out into different campaigns is really important. Um, do you re-engage people who have viewed your videos? Um, doesn't look like we've got any audiences set up to do that yet. Um, so that's a really, really cool thing that you can do on Facebook. And some of you may not know that. You I can don't actually, think I know about this feature. Yeah. Yeah, so you can actually um, retarget people who have watched specific videos and specific amounts of those videos. Hmm. So that's how you can move them even farther down the funnel. Um, so if they've watched, so and that's why I love having long form videos because those are incredible retargeting audiences, right? So if you've got a two minute video that somebody's watching and you say, hey, I wanna retarget everybody who's watched this video, 75% of it, those people are pretty engaged, right? If they've watched 75% of a two minute video on Facebook, um, that's well beyond. So, so especially having like a brand story video in there um, or something like that could be really, really game changing um, to, this, uh, to this brand and this account. So let's talk about some of the Facebook KPIs here um, from your account. And we're gonna talk about how um, we believe that maybe conversion tracking is set up wrong just because of the low return on ad spend, but are you using Shopify? Yes. Okay. So the conversion tracking is not set up incorrectly then. Um, so basically this is, this is a couple of sort of what we like to do is future pace. What could potentially, um, what could potentially happen right within. So we looked over this whole account, um, uh, with the ad spend right now, the CPA, uh, is about $380. So obviously we're not making money on that right? So we need to think of ways of like, how can we get that CPA down, right? And I think, I think I've sort of formulated and, and gone through like, well, hey, I think that, you know, with these sort of tweaks, and it's not massive tweaks, right? That's what everybody needs to know. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. It's small tweaks. Um, when, you know, we've got a conversion rate optimization um, agency uh, that we work with uh, personally, and they're one of our agency partners. And he, he talks about how his clients always want these big sweeping changes. And we're going to try these massive things on the website. And he says, no, we're going to try one thing at a time. And we're going to figure out whether that little thing upped our conversion rate or not. And if it does, then we're going to test another thing, right? But we're not going to make massive sweeping changes. Um, so that's what I hope everybody sort of understands is there are little things that you can do. And we, we go into accounts all the time that are just underperforming. And we'll just start to change little tiny things. And this return on ad spend that's at 0.68 right now will suddenly go up to a one and then a 1.2 and a 1.5. And then eventually getting up to that, you know, between two and three where you're starting to actually make money at that point, right? Um, so so that's, that's the hope, right? There is a lot of hope in this account here. So if we were just able to decrease this CPA, 
by um, by 10% right now, um, we would be able to um, up the ad revenue by about 800 bucks. If we were able to decrease the CPA by 25%, we'd almost be at a one return on ad spend at that point, right? And then if we could get a 50% decrease, which I think is like totally doable, uh, we'd be at about 1.5 return on ad spend. So, so some pretty interesting things, right? And once you're at 1.5, then, then you're, you're at the point where I'm assuming you're not, you're, you're a little bit happier at that point, right? Once you're at <laughs> 1.5, because at least you're acquiring customers breaking even, right? Um, so that, that's just a little bit of, of stuff to, to look at that there are really good, there's possibilities. I mean, we've looked through this account and we're like, oh, this, this is one of those kind of accounts. We love accounts that have high average order value like this because we know that you can acquire customers for um, like we've, we've worked with brands um, with this similar sort of average order value in the linen space um, and, uh, and seen, you know, uh, cost per acquisition kind of around this sort of um, uh, this sort of size, like in that $300 kind of range and being able to bring it down to like 50 bucks, which for us is like a super high CPA, but not on products like this. Yeah. So, and this might be exactly what you're about to go into, but how do you go about lowering that CPA? Yeah. So like with, with all of the sort of stuff that we talked about before, right. And, and so what we do then next after, after this is we would then say like, Hey, do you want to go ahead with a full growth plan? Right. So we have then um, we'll actually go in and um, uh, each one of those points then becomes about seven points. And then we actually go through and we future pace all of the actions that we're going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about, uh, account structure, right. At that point, um, I'll kind of go through some, some of these points here. Um, and then next, uh, we, uh, do a full creative audit, right. And then we figure out what sort of creative pieces are missing and we have a whole framework for creating those pieces as well. Um, which we found super, super helpful, um, for our clients. Um, uh, we also talk about Google because I feel like every single brand needs to be on Google. And there are a lot of things that you can be doing on Google that a lot of brands are not doing. Um, we talk about digital growth tactics and strategies. So this gets into like all sorts of things like SMS, VIP groups, um, just different ways to engage your community. Yeah. I actually just signed up for an SMS, um, platform. Awesome. Uh, who is it? Emotive. Oh, Emotive. Okay, good. Yeah. As long as Emotive Attentive, I believe it's the other one. And um, uh, we use Postscript. Cool. Um, It's, I have no, yeah, I have no dog in this race or however. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it does the, does the the trick. Exactly. Mm. Then we, um, we, yeah, we talk about how Facebook ads are really not, um, uh, like at, at, at our agency, we kind of joke that like, we're like the Facebook ads agency to get people off Facebook ads, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> because eventually, cause that is not sustainable forever. Right. Yeah. The whole idea is that you want to get your brand out there. You want to get customers buying, but you want to get them, you want to own your customers, right. Rather than always relying on, on Facebook. So, um, something, if you guys follow me on, on LinkedIn, um, uh, I posted yesterday, I rarely ever actually post real numbers like this, but, um, we did a, a launch with our brand, um, and we decided this time we, we did a bunch of Facebook advertising leading up to the launch. And then we didn't do anything after that. 
Um, well, maybe just retargeting. So it was like a hundred bucks a day or something. Um, so hardly anything. And uh, in the first day of the launch, we did $200,000. Um, and uh, I've never seen a launch like that before with no ads behind it whatsoever. And this is like a full price launch. Wow. So, so it's really powerful. And it's, and it's because of everything that we've done in the past and the amount of money we've spent on Facebook ads in the past gets us those kind of launches now, right? Without the need for Facebook ads, but you can't get there without Facebook ads, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, so it's, uh, I just want to encourage everybody out there that it is possible, right? It is possible to get up to these, um, uh, those sort of launches and those um, sorts of uh, average days. Um, so next thing uh, that we talk about um, is uh, within this whole digital growth tactics and strategies, as we talk about marketing assets, tactics, uh, different support um, that's needed. And we talk about paid search um, as well as everything that is included sort of in that Google side. Um, and then we talk about, uh, yeah, the assets, tactics, uh, and support. Um, we talk about, um, building and marketing to your owned lists, um, with 99% open rates. We talk about brand owned community building, automated purchaser re-engagement, which we kind of touched on a little bit before, and we can talk about more after the call. Um, this call, sorry guys, the, this is going a little bit longer than normal, but I hope you guys are getting a ton of value out of this. Um, and then we talk about, uh, like, like I, you know, alluded to before that massive launch, um, that we had, uh, a couple days ago. And just so everybody knows that launch is, it's still going on with, I, I just haven't had time to run ads and we're still doing incredible numbers with absolutely no advertising right now. Um, which we've never really seen that happen to this extent before. Um, but we have a whole framework built around, um, sales and product launches, um, and then strategic ad creative uh, refresh. Um, so that's really, really important is to refresh that creative often. And again, um, because of my, my good buddy and business partner, Sean, uh, on the marketing side, he has built out frameworks for all of these so that it's really just a matter of looking at the framework and being like, oh, okay, so this is what we're gonna test next. This is the type of creative we're gonna test next and getting a direction for that. Um, and then we talk about suggested allocation of ad spend budget as well, um, sort of in the, in the full growth plan. Um, and then, yeah, basically that's, that gives us um, a, a way to move forward right after that. Uh, so yeah, so, so let's, we've got a couple more minutes left here. Do you have any questions? Um, I have a question. Okay. Yes. So I'm, this is kind of one of my first major digital paid campaigns that I've done. So like, I'm really new to Facebook marketing, obviously. Totally. Yeah. Um, so the Facebook pixel does not have enough information on my customers to know who's going to convert. So right now my main KPI when I lead people through my funnel is add to carts. Gotcha. Um, at what point, like, do you have to wait until, I think Facebook says it's like you need a hundred purchases before they understand enough data around who your converting customer is. Is it possible to pay for conversions as your KPI? Um, without that data, or do you still recommend add to cart? Like this is something I'm, I'm trying to get more info on. That is such a good question. And I am definitely against Facebook when it comes to this. Um, <laughs> Facebook tells you, yeah, go a little bit farther down in the funnel. No, yeah. do not do that yeah. because there are a lot of people out there who love to add to cart. And yeah. you're telling Facebook, when you say, I want add to cart as my main conversion, you're, you're telling Facebook, okay, go find me everybody who likes to add to cart. Those aren't people who are necessarily going to purchase. I mean, 
the, the add to cart versus purchase ratio, I'm sure on your store is probably like 90%. Yeah, especially right now because we're specifically targeting. Like we've got great add to cart rates because that's our well, KPI. I bet you yeah. do. Yeah, well actually, sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't bet. I know you do. Yeah, yeah you've seen it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is that we do not believe in. I do not believe in that. If you're going to run a conversion campaign, run it for purchases. Uh, yeah. I've never once um, had an account that has gone bad doing that. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, running for purchases is very, um, very important. Um, now, do not run lookalike audiences right now. If you do not have enough data, do not run lookalike audiences. Make sure you have at least, I mean, I vary on this sometimes. I'm just going to say at least 2,000 people in your audience. Uh-huh. Or you're going to start running lookalikes. Um, but do run um, big, wide interest targeting audiences to your specific demographic. That's very, very important. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have another killer question like that last one? Cause that's a, uh, that one just gets me fired up. Right. I'm like, oh man, I should, should have led with a lesser question. Um, yeah. I think that's it for now. <laughs> I'm sure okay. I'll come up with something. But. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I hope that everybody out there found this really, really helpful. Um, this is something, um, that we love to do for brands. Um, and so if you're interested, go to mindfulmarketing.co, um, fill out a form, uh, and we'll put together a mini growth plan for you. And then maybe potentially even go into a, a full growth plan. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I think that your brand has so much potential and you can sell online. There totally. is no doubt that you can sell online. Um, but there do need, there, there needs to be some tweaks to, to this. So we'll, we'll maybe keep that conversation going um, offline after this, uh, because I really think that there's, there's a huge amount of potential. Cool. As a brand, I have to say this is super, like hugely helpful. So if you're another small brand like me who listens to this podcast, who like, I am not at the point where the other brands have scaled thus far. Um, it's really cool to kind of come on as a, as a emerging brand at the moment. Yeah, so totally. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. And where can people find out more about you if they want to potentially purchase Um, shoes? Visit www.sylvannewyork.com. It's S-Y-L-V-E-N and then New York spelled out. Um, You can find us on, you know, all of the social platforms. The handle is always Sylvan New York. Awesome. Awesome. And for anybody else out there uh, as well, we are launching a free mastermind. Um, And uh, so if you guys want to apply for that, um, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash mastermind, um, where we're going to be talking all about these kind of um, tactics, um, not just Facebook ads. We're talking about everything to do with e-commerce. Uh, as you guys know, I am super passionate about um, e-com um, and I'm really excited uh, for this mastermind. So the first, uh, we haven't exactly figured that out, but I'm thinking the first 50 people is just going to be, it's just going to be free because um, we really do want people to get in there and, and learn um, about this and learn from each other. So uh, we've also, we've already had some applications from some massive brands that want to be a part of this. Uh, so I'm super excited for those of you who are emerging, um, feel free to apply. And if you do meet the, um, the specifications, we'll accept you. So, and you'll get a personalized video from me. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week. Please let us know if this was helpful for you. 
And uh, yeah, have a great week. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.